Something a little bit different for you now, folks, with summer arriving, although with my wipers on flat out uh, driving into work this morning, you wouldn't believe it. But we're being joined now by Craig Siasu, who works for Volleyball New Zealand in the beach area. And the beach volleyball, a couple of beach volleyball teams have just been named or squads. Uh, I'm going to get the lowdown from Craig. He joins us now. G'day, Craig. Good morning. Um, gosh, beach volleyball, you need good weather. We haven't had much. How do you train for it? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm actually uh, driving up the motorway and what's supposed to be kind of spring, summer, heading towards our development camp, which we passed today up at the North Harbour Beach Centre. But um, yeah, rain, wind, we just kind of get on with it, really. You get some of these conditions around the world, so it is good to train in it, although we would prefer a bit of sun. The nuts and bolts of beach volleyball. Tell me about what the different um, requirements from an athlete is from playing your, your normal game of volleyball in the gym um, and then you have to transition to beach. What kind of athlete do you need to be a beach volleyballer? Yeah, well, I guess indoors is, um, is more specialised. You've got six people on the court indoors on the, on the uh, hard court and so you can specialise as maybe a little blocker or a setter. Whereas beach volleyball, uh, Olympic sport, two aside, you know, you're looking at players that are all-rounded. You can still have some specialisation in terms of one block and one defender, but everyone needs to be able to pass at a high level, set it off a level, and in terms of endurance, you know, you're out there for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour um, by yourselves, the two of you, so, you know, there's some real endurance um, requirement, uh, requirements as well, and need to be dynamic out of the stand. So you find you've got pretty fit, dynamic athletes um, on the beach maybe as compared to um, indoors where you can tend to be a little bit more specialised. It's an amazing spectator sport, uh, beach volleyball, and I'd encourage anyone to get along and watch, which I hap- uh, got to do a few summers ago down at Mount Maunganui. It was absolutely fantastic. But the thing that always amazes me is it's still a big court, um, but you've only got two defenders, and the amount of saves they make, it, it, it's quite incredible with just two uh, defending such a big playing area. Yeah, it is. I mean, beach volleyball, actually, historically, it was exactly the same size as indoors. It was a nine-meter by uh, nine-meter court. And then I think around, I want to say around 2000 or just after, it actually got moved to an eight-meter by eight-meter court. So it's slightly smaller, but yeah, it is. It's a lot of area to cover, and uh, there's a lot of training that goes into, uh, you know, almost like a sprinter, fast switch. Uh, moving across the sand, keeping the ball alive, and you know that's why it becomes that's why it is such a fun sport to watch because you got people that are going flat sack, um, trying to keep the ball off the sand. Where's the stronghold of beach volleyball in the world? I'm sort of I'm sort of guessing USA, Brazil, yeah. those sorts of places. Yeah, you would think so. Um, when I I used to there was a, a few of us that used to go out playing internationally in the '90s, which is showing my age, but. Very much back then it was um, Brazil and America. I mean, exactly those two countries. And a lot of teams at the top-level World Tour events, if you kind of made a team, uh, a top 10 in the world at a tournament, you were kind of joined by about seven, eight, ten, seven, eight, nine teams from um, Brazil and America. And, you know, you felt yourself pretty special to be in that top 10. Whereas over time it's evolved. Europe's gotten particularly strong. The strongest men's team in the world right now at the Norwegian team. They've had a tradition of good teams, but they've got a team, um, Mold Sorum at the moment, who 
have pretty much dominated as much as the Brazilians and the Americans used to back in you know the 90s and early 2000s. Um, and then Germans are very, very strong. Russians, up until um, their exclusion about 18 months ago, also very, very strong. Um, and Asia coming on really strongly. The mm. Thai woman getting better. China's been strong since they had the 2004 Olympics. So, yeah, pretty truly good global to the point where um, hopefully, none of, I'm sure, hopefully none of my American friends tune into your uh, show, but the, Amer- the Americans... Uh, and then particularly the men, probably struggling a little bit of late to be in the top, uh, you know, 10 in the world. So it's changed quite a bit over the last couple of decades. What impacts did it becoming an Olympic sport have have on the game globally? Yeah, I mean, it was huge, really. Um, you know, becoming an Olympic sport really meant that a lot of Olympic federations around the world, um, you know, poked their head, heads up, worked out if it was an opportunity for their established indoor programs and even those countries like ourselves that didn't have, you know, indoor programs that maybe were represented in the Olympics, they made people pop up and go, well, there's a pathway to, to the Olympics. So it inspired a bunch of athletes. It meant um, that a bunch of national federations, you know, uh, went out and tried to get funding for their teams, you know, like like New Zealand has over the last few was. Um, so it made a big, big impact um, in terms of the funding. But I think also it's visibility, you know, like it's a, the Olympics is something that everyone pays attention to, and you know, even people that maybe don't watch beach volleyball or follow it, um, you know, month in month out, it's, it's one of the highlights. It is one of the most visible, noisy, fun things to watch. I think at the Olympics, and a lot of people, you know, you, you notice that they're asking you questions about the beach volleyball when that comes around every four years. It's an amazing showcase for our sport for sure. You've just had a couple of squads named. What what does the program look like for our New Zealand teams now, and how many teams have we got, and where do they play? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess first of all, the base is pretty is very strong. We've always had really strong uh, indoor or very deep indoor representation or sorry participation. So you know we're in the top three or four uh, sports secondary school for co-ed and women, which is great. So. Oh. We have a lot of have a big base of it, uh, you know. I think, in fact, I think through the pandemic, we were one of the few sports that continued to grow. So, yeah, really, really strong at that high school level. And then, uh, currently, what it looks like is we go out and we try to find talented indoor players that we can transition into beach. Sometimes that happens around the 16, 17 um, years of age. Sometimes it happens a bit later. Um, one of the focal points is the New Zealand Beach Tour, which happens January, February. And we have uh, basically two tiers. We've got a high-performance squad, which we're really grateful that it's funded um, by High Performance Sport NZ or part-funded by High Performance Sport NZ. Also some funding from FIVB. So that's our top teams out there playing in the world. At the moment, we've got uh, three men's teams and two women's teams that uh, will be out. They just The men just uh, finished up in China yesterday. A woman are playing in China today. At a fortnight, they're in uh, Chiang Mai, which is probably going to be a lot hotter than it is here right now. <laughs> uh, and then they finish off finish off in about a month's time in Philippines. So a nice little uh, Asian um, kind of squat, uh, stretch for our high-performance athletes. And then below that, we have our development athletes. So currently, we've got eight men and seven women that were just uh, named into that squad about a week ago. And in about an hour's time, actually, we start up in uh, North Harbour Beach Centre 
with their first camp. And the goal for those guys is just over summer getting better leading into the New Zealand tour. And we hope that they go out and, and play a handful of, um, they call futures, but essentially tier three international events. And the goal is that within a season, two seasons, three seasons, they become our high performance athletes out there. Um, you know, qualifying for Commonwealth Games, attempting to qualify for Olympics. So, yeah, that's, what it, that's kind of what it looks like. And heading that up is Jason, Jason Lockyer. So, and, uh, probably, uh, well, actually, our most accomplished beach volleyball player along with Kirk Pittman. Kirk's actually coaching the German and uh, English pro- in the German and English programs at the moment. So Jason um, was has been to a couple of Olympics with USA and Canada, and has just finished up in Florida. And we're lucky enough to secure him in the New Zealand program um, about eighteen months ago. And he's doing some great things over here to uh, advance and improve the level of our athletes. So yeah, stoked to have him. So locally, you mentioned um, January, February. I think you said uh, what? What has the calendar been set? What sort of what sort of venues could people get along and, and have a look over their Christmas break? Yeah, I believe it's still in draft. So um, an exclusive for your show. We've got. I can give you the draft draft that'll be announced pretty soon. But we're pretty sure it'll be mid January to mid February. We'll have uh, three events. Most likely in Auckland, Mount Maunganui, possibly uh, a venue in the South Island. And then the finals of that tour will conclude towards the end of February. And then very early in March, I believe it's 7 to 10, uh, we're likely to have um, a futures event, one of those tier three international events I was talking about. Mm. Um, and that last year they had teams from Canada and China and I think we had Sweden, USA all around the show, and that's basically the travelling circuits of those that are trying to break into the top tiers. So that'll be amazing down on Mount Monganui Beach. But I believe in a, in a week or so we'll have um, – a week to a couple of weeks we should have an announcement around those um, national tour dates. So that's that's really, really exciting. We'll have our, our HP athletes, our development athletes, and a whole, whole range of beach volleyball athletes competing and some international flavour as well. I uh, yet to be announced, but I do believe it's uh, likely to be – an ex-Olympic gold medalist um, from the USA who Jason coached coming down to play on the tour for a stop or two. So that'll be super exciting. Um, his name's Phil Dalhauser, and he's probably, they call him the Thin Beast, and he's um, an iconic player that um, <laughs> iconic player that's going to come down here and uh, battle that out over summer on a couple of uh, tour events. So that should be super, super exciting. It is exciting. Awesome, mate. Well, I'll keep my eyes out for the <coughs> official, official release and I'll let our listeners know where they can get along and support our, our high performers and our emerging performers as well. It, it's it's a brilliant sport for summer, whether you want to play, because we, we've all played it on the beach ourselves with a couple of bits of driftwood and a piece of string, um, but we can watch yeah. how, how it's properly done by the experts. Uh, Craig, really appreciate your time today. I'll let you get to training. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, thanks for the thanks for giving us the bell, and yeah, lovely to talk about beach volleyball with you. Cheers.